Welcome to the Musquamacan Beach Podcast, a podcast spotlighting the businesses, newsmakers, events, and memories of Rhode Island's historic Musquamacan Beach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Musquamacan Beach Podcast. This is a very special bonus episode as we get ready for Spring Fest starting tomorrow, May 11th. It's May 11th, 12th, and 13th. And today on the episode, I have Gary Guitar Gremolini of John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band and Rochelle Weinrock of Simply Enchanted Entertainment. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with Gary Gremolini, or Gary uh, Guitar, of the Beaver Brown Band. Um, how are you today, Gary? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm doing good, thanks. Thank you very much for talking to me. Um, we're really excited to have you on the show. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for calling. Thanks for asking. Oh, absolutely. Um, so you guys are going to be playing, uh, you're going to be you know, opening up Spring Fest this year on Musquamacan Beach on May 11th. Right, and, looking forward to it. And I, I've been told that that day has some significance to you guys. Is that true? Yes, that's true. It uh, happens to be the date, uh, the calendar date on which we played our very first show in 1973, which makes 45 years, I believe, right? Yeah. 40, do the massive, yeah, 45 years to the day since uh, the first night that we ever went out and played as uh, as Beaver Brown. We, we played a show at the... University of Rhode Island Rams then in the in, in the Memorial Union and uh, you know it's been uh, a long who'd ever thought that we'd, we'd still be going <laughs> this long but uh, you know here we are still going and uh, playing in Wisconsin one of our favorite places to play that's awesome and uh, and you know we're always excited to have you guys um, you're always a big hit when you play uh, on the beach and um, so forty five years. Uh, you guys have had a heck of a run. Yeah, it's been a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did the band? Great. How did the band start? Well, uh, we all had been playing music since the '60s. You know, the original five uh, five members of the band: myself, uh, John Cafferty, uh, John and Kenny had a band in the '60s and the early '70s. Um, it was called The Love and Kind. Uh, and, uh, Pat Lupo and Bobby Katoya were, uh, you know, veterans of bands at that time, uh, on the local scene back in the late sixties, early seventies. And, uh, they all knew each other. I didn't, I was the, I was the alien. I was going to university of Rhode Island at the time. And I happened to be, uh, friends with, uh, another guitarist, Paul Bielski, who, uh, we had put a few bands together at URI and they were, he played with, he played with, uh, John and Kenny. So, uh, you know, my band broke up uh, out of college. Their band broke up, and Paul said, "Hey, uh, some friends of mine are gonna try putting a band together. So, uh, you interested in coming and uh, seeing?" And I had met John and, and Kenny because they had come to see my college band at the time. And we happened to be playing at the Rams then as well. Uh, that band was called Nebula, and uh, and um, we uh, got together and played a few songs, and uh, you know, it started sounding pretty good. And then uh, one afternoon. Um, it was myself and, and Kenny and John, and then one afternoon, Pat Lupo and Bob Katoya joined in. They were friends with Kenny and, and, and John, and uh, you know, we tried this song, we tried that song, and someone said, "Hey, do you know, Devil with a Blue Dress," and we all knew the song, and we launched into it with uh, 
Tiger, and uh, <laughs> after, the band was born. You know, we played that song, and after we finished that song, we knew what the band was. And uh, we immediately started doing some rehearsing. And uh, sometime later, we added a saxophone, and we added, we went through a couple of saxophone plays. Our first saxophone player was Fred McCarry. He is a member of, was a member of the band for a year. And then uh, Paul Jackson joined the band, and uh, he was in the band for a couple of years. And then uh, he had to leave, and then... Uh, Mike Antunes had a band playing around town uh, called Triumph with his wife Gina, and uh, we went saw him play one night and asked him if he'd be interested in coming and auditioning, and he came in, fit the bill perfectly, and that was about 1976. And after that, uh, we just uh, you know, started writing songs, putting together our own music, finding a style, and uh, uh, playing six and seven nights a week, every week for every every year for for, for years and uh, just uh, played uh, up down the beach at Schiller's uh, down the beach at the Beachcomber up in up in uh, Smithfield up at Gulliver's uh, Lupo's Hotbreak Hotel we played at uh, every place that uh, there was to play we played Kenny O'Brien had uh, <laughs> was an agent, a local agent and he uh, loved the band he he launched us and Steve Smith and the Nakeds and uh, Naked Truth at the time, and he just booked us everywhere he possibly could, and we worked all the time because of Kenny, and in and, and doing that, working so much, we got really good. We became a very well-oiled machine. And yeah, it sounds like you guys really put in your 10,000 hours. Uh, we put in more than 10,000 hours, <laughs> but, you know, we were living together. We, you know, we had a house down at the beach, and it was Beggar's Banquet, and we were living on the beach, living like... Uh, like proper kings, you know, we were making a lot of money, but we were rehearsing all the time. We were spending a lot of time on the beach. You know, John was writing songs about going to the beach all the time. He had a whole seaside, you know, song about surfing and, and being on the beach and the life on the beach in New England. And, and uh, we had, uh, you know, a lot of material that uh, was ready to be recorded. And some of it ended up getting recorded. We, uh, um, during in the course of our playing, we started playing, of course, down in, in Miskwamaget at uh, every place there was to play down. There used to be a paradise of bars to, at the time to play at, and uh, there was like six or seven of them down. And we played at all of them: the Blue Door, the Atlantis, the Wreck. Uh, I'm not sure I'm remembering all the other names, but there was a there was a whole scene down there in Miskwamaget. They're all gone now, but yeah. uh, at the time that was the place to go. Uh, especially for the people in Connecticut, and we were very popular in Connecticut. We played uh, in New Haven a lot. We played at Toad's Place. That was our home away from home in New Haven. And um, so a lot of people from Connecticut were coming to Miskwamek to see the band play up there. And um, we also played at a place in Pocatuck called Rosalini's, which was uh, sort of part of the same scene, only it wasn't quite on the beach. And we were playing there one night. Uh, some people who had seen us play in New York came down and... Uh, Asked us if we wanted to get involved in uh, in a movie that they were shooting with uh, uh, who was it? Uh, it was Marty Davidson was directing it, and he had directed uh, a lot of people who were going to go on and become stars, including Henry Winkler and and, uh, and Slash Stallone and uh, The Lords of Flatbush, I think was the name of the the, the movie that he directed without those guys in it. But anyway, he was he would, they were putting together the Eddie and the Cruises movie and they needed somebody to put, to put music in it. And they saw us and they said, man, you guys, you got what we need. And uh, they, we had a little talk and uh, Kenny Vance was uh, was there with uh, Marty Davidson and they, we shook our hands and uh, 
became uh, got involved with the Eddie and the Cruises movie and a few years later. Uh, we uh, were in the recording studio uh, putting uh, songs together up in uh, up in uh, up at our rehearsal studio in Pawtucket and uh, putting together songs like On the Dark Side and uh, Boardwalk Angel and uh, using some of the songs that we had already recorded, Tender Years and Wild Summer Nights. Uh, those were two of them. Um, now what's that? What's that like? Because Eddie and the Cruisers went um, is it triple platinum. Is it? Yes, it did. So what? Uh, what is it like when you just explode like that? Well, you know, there's nothing like having a hit record, boy. We didn't know <laughs> that, that 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 record came out in 1973, and uh, the movie came out and played in the theaters and disappeared. The single came out. I think it was on the dark side. Came out. He made it up to about number seventy something on the on the on the, you know, on the Billboard charts, and disappeared. But uh, later in later on, about six months later, in the beginning of nineteen seventy four, um, cable TV was in its uh, in its infancy. It was just getting going, and HBO, home box office, uh, they were they were just getting started, and they started playing you know, movies. And one of the movies that they played was it was uh, Eddie and the Cruisers. At the same time, Blockbuster was opening up the, the the video rental stores, and the movie became available in those stores. And uh, on the on the tail of those two releases, and in those two new industries, uh, people started, uh, you know, renting those movies and watching those movies, and then uh, the movie, and then uh, going out and buying the buying the record, and. Uh, in sometime around June of 1974, somebody called uh, our management and said, "Hey, you know this record is selling like crazy." <laughs> and uh, you know, so we decided we we got in touch with an agency in New York City, and they, they booked us all around the country. And we went on our first tour. That's awesome. And, uh, that, that was that's kind of like terrific. the uh, you guys, um, you know, with the with HBO and. Uh, and Blockbuster getting popular, that's like the, you guys were like the first version of going viral, you know, what that would be today. Sort of, yeah. It was kind of a statistical phenomenon because it was, you know, it hadn't happened before. So we were kind of a little little dot next to the name that uh, we were a part of that uh, that uh, new industry taking off like that. It was kind of neat to be part of that. And uh, But the, the, the neater, the cooler thing was just like having a hit record and chasing it around the country, it was there's nothing, no, no feeling like that in the world. And you guys, you guys stayed in Rhode Island. Yeah, we stayed in Rhode Island. Uh, I mean, we never had, uh, never had a, a. I mean, John moved out to Los Angeles after a little while after after we had, had released some some records and uh, had some you know some pretty good sized success in it. Uh, you know, over the course of years, uh, we took a little hiatus and John went out west. And um, spend a little bit of time in LA, getting to know some people out there, and um, you know, then then came back and we started uh, playing around, touring around again, getting involved with some other movie projects. Uh, we ended up having quite a few songs in, in, in movies. Hearts on Fire was one of them. There was in Still uh, uh, Rocky Four. Uh, we wrote some John wrote some songs for uh, uh, a movie that the Farrelly. He got a couple got a couple of songs in Dumb and Dumber uh, by the. Valley Brothers, local guys, got another song in a song called a couple of songs in a movie called the Jersey Girl. That uh, I don't know if it made it into the theaters, but it did come out on, on uh, the the Kevin Network. Smith Jersey Girl. Um, or... 
I'm not sure who was in it. There was a, there was a girl, famous girl actress, and I'm trying to recall her name. But uh, um, did you I get? Uh, uh, there's there's something about Mary. Something about Mary has a song in it. Yeah, that's there's something about Mary has one of John's songs in it too. You get a life, gotta get a life. Yeah, that's um. Now, was that because of the Rhode Island connection that they that that they yeah, wanted to contact you guys? Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, John. Uh, you know, he reached out to the Farrelly brothers. Um, in uh, they they were fans. They used to come and see us play at Lupo's. And I would imagine, yeah, because you know, they were you know from Rhode Island and uh, and um, they uh, asked John if he wanted to, if he had anything to contribute, and uh, and he did. And, uh, so that uh, you know, there's, there's been uh, quite a few songs uh, that, uh, that ended up in movies. Um, Trying to recall the rest of John would know better than me, but uh, at any rate, uh, you know, so that that part of the that 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 has been you know an, a lengthening uh, thing for us. But most of it has just been playing, you know, playing shows and uh, people remembering, you know, remembering us and saying, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll put them on the show." John, yeah. he's done a lot of work independently of the band as well. Him and Tunes have gone out and played on. Uh, uh, lots of lots of concerts uh, around the the, the country, um, playing for a lot of charity events and a lot of celebrities, sports events, golf golf tournaments, and that sort of thing. Um, can I ask where did you get the the nickname Gary Guitar? It's it sounds that, like a uh, like a simple but amazing nickname. <laughs> well, it's uh, that came from college when I went to URI in 1969. I lived in a dormitory, and there were three other guys named Gary on in the dorm. And they just, uh, you know, one of them. Was, my, I happen to be known for because I used to sit in the corridor and play my guitar, and uh, I was pretty good. And they called me Gary Guitar because that was how they told me. Apart from the other ones, and uh, it stuck. It never went away. And uh, and. Uh, it's it, uh, it's still there now, so I, mean, I, <laughs> That's a, I don't call myself that, but uh, other people do. So yeah, the, um, that is a you do have a um, you have a website, correct? GaryGuitar.us. Yes, US. That's you. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, people can US. people can check out some of your. Uh, I also I listen to some of your solo stuff on um, Spotify. Oh, thank you. oh cool. Uh, which is which is excellent, and I I highly recommend it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I I write songs. I have a little uh, little one man submarine studio in my garage, and uh, I, I, I I put songs together out there. They come out slow because uh, you know I don't go at it eight hours a day like I should, like I would if I was trying to be fully productive. But uh, I enjoy the process, and uh, every once in a while I turn out something that uh, that I think sounds pretty good. And if I do, so I do. I put it online and I make it available. Most of it, I just let let people download it for free. Yeah, but um, because it's in me, you know, like John Lee Hooker said, it's in me. Gotta get, got to get it out. Absolutely, definitely <laughs> got to get that out, and uh, we're happy that you do. Um, so we're, you know, we're really excited to have you guys at Springfest. Uh, you were, um, you guys were going to play Fall Fest last year, and then, um, and then John got uh, sick, right? Well, is I'm that not. What, is that what happened? But, uh, he had his yeah, his, had, his, his uh, vocal. Yeah, his doctor said, you know, you, you got to stop singing for a little while. You're going to hurt yourself. And so it's, uh, what we did, we took a couple of months off and, uh, you know, all the better for it. And um, I talked to uh, to Caswell. He said he saw you guys about a month ago and, um, you know, you sound better than ever. 
Well, that's good to hear. So, yeah, so about, yeah, what was that? I think that that might have been at uh, maybe at the courthouse or, uh, or or no, I know where that was. It was it was a Mohegan Sun. Yeah, we played the Wolf then, and Caswell came to there as our guest. And uh, yeah, it was good to see him there. We play there a couple, three times a year, and it's a great venue. And uh, it's usually a pretty good sized house there watching us, so it's good to see that. You know, we uh, have continued to uh, entertain and. Uh, I think the band is entertaining. John is a master entertainer. He knows how to talk to a whole field of people all at once and make them feel like he's talking to them. <laughs> I think that's just uh, fabulous to watch. I've always admired him for that. Definitely. So you think, uh, you know, another another 45 years after this? <laughs> <laughs> well, the Stones are still doing it, and they're, uh, they're in the 70s. I don't know. I'm, Absolutely. We'll, we'll go until there's a reason to stop, you know? That's awesome. Um Thank you so I, I'm you know uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, thank you so much for being here with me today. My pleasure. And uh, um, you, oh, thank you so much. And we're really excited to to see you uh, kick off Spring Fest on uh, May 11th, Friday, May 11th, this coming Friday. And uh, you know John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, they're going to be awesome as always. Uh, check check them out. Check out their their music, all of their music online. And uh, check out GaryGuitar.us. Um, I think that you have some great stuff there uh, yourself. Well, thanks, man. Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to Friday. Uh, come on over and say hi when you're there, and uh, you know we'll be uh, we'll be there uh, live and in color. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, man. Okay. So with me today is Rochelle. Wine Rock. I hope I said that right. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I, I literally just clarified it and I already uh thought that I messed it up from Simply Enchanted. <laughs> um thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh so you are can you tell me a little bit about Simply Enchanted cuz I've known of of you and of your company for um a, a long time. Yeah, thanks. I've actually yeah, I've been in business for this is uh my 8th year. Um, <laughs> and it is basically, it's a premier fairy tale entertainment. Um, actually I do branch out into some other characters as well, but, uh, singing characters, um, myself, and then I have some other professional actors or singer or well, actors, singers, all of my actors are also professional, um, singers as well. Um, so, I make sure to bring the the highest quality performer with uh, high quality costumes so people really feel like they're getting uh, the real magical experience of, of the real character as much as possible. So all of us uh, do our best to embody the characters as much as possible. So um, we have an array of characters from, you know, all the, the popular Princesses, Cinderella, Little Mermaid, Beauty, um, Snow White, uh, the Frozen Sisters. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, I was excited. Um, uh, I think it was like last year, or, or you know, uh, a few months ago, when you added um, Wayfinder. Yes. With uh, she is very popular right now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely with. Um, uh, that's M- Michaela, who's um, yes. who's awesome and uh, yep. a, a mutual friend. Yeah, um, she's wonderful. I'm so happy. Um, Michaela was um, one of my children in Sound of Music um, when I was Maria, and she was, was she Brigida? No, 
I can't even remember. There's too many kids. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she was one of my children. <laughs> and uh, she sounds so lovely as Moana and she looks so much like her and she does a really great job. So I'm really happy to have her on my team. Um, and she do, we do really, really cute events with um, Wayfinder and with the Little Mermaid together because they both love the ocean. Yeah, no, that's a, <laughs> that, that's that I saw that and I thought that, that was genius. Um, yeah. So uh, you have a phenomenal voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, you have so do you have a you have a background in musical theater? I do. Um, I went to school. I went to college uh, for theater um, and got a BFA in acting. Um, and really, musicals have just been kind of my forte. And I, I guess I just started singing princess songs since I was a kid. <laughs> and this seems like a natural place to go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, we have. Well, I was going to say we have that in common, but the last thing you talked about was singing princess songs. We have the first part in common, the musical theater, uh, <laughs> right. lo- love and history. Um, I, uh, I, I also went to college for, um, for musical theater, not, uh, mm-hmm. did not get a BFA, just went to a, um, conservatory. But, uh, so I, I think that, you know, yours, your situation was better. Um, now I've seen that you played, uh, like you were in Avenue Q, Yes. And um, <laughs> I believe uh, you were Sarah in Guys and Dolls at uh, Ocean State. At is Ocean that tr- State. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, I was Sarah in Guys and Dolls at Ocean State. I was also um, Diana in Lend Me a Tenor at Ocean State. And um, I've I've been in Avenue Q twice, actually, uh, once with Chestnut Street Playhouse, just as Kate Monster. And then um, and then with Ocean State, which is kind of so far like my top theater experience of my life um was <laughs> Kate Monster and Lucy which is also um a little uh, a little schizophrenia going on as well so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh that's awesome. That's how the uh that that's how that role was originated I believe, correct? Yes, as it the, is. Um so uh what are we going to expect at Springfest? Um who's you know which which array of characters that that you do and and have in your stable are going to be at Springfest? <laughs> well, uh, again, we have I have um, Tommy Labanaris, um as Flynn Ryder um, with Rapunzel on Saturday. We'll be there from eleven thirty to one thirty, um, and then uh, and he was in Avenue Q with me, so he is an amazing actor and I'm so happy to have him as part of my, as part of my team with Simply Enchanted. Um, so Rapunzel and Flynn will be there on Saturday singing songs and playing some games. Um, we might take requests. It kind of depends on what the crowd is like. I'm hoping for nice weather. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last year was really cold. So hopefully this year is going to be a lot nicer. Um, and then Sunday we have the Little Mermaid and we have the Wayfinder together. So they'll be there from 12 to 2 on Sunday. And, of course, if you're lucky, the uh, the Wayfinder will teach you how to hula, which is a lot of fun as well, her, her <laughs> native dance. Um, <laughs> and, of course, so many fun songs. And so uh, hopefully the kids have their singing voices ready for how far I'll go because that's usually 
um, you know, in the days of Frozen, it was the Let It Go song. Yep. Uh, so now, now all the kids are singing How Far I'll Go with with the Wayfinder, which is amazing. Um, it's really cute. And even if you don't have kids with you, stop by the shows because they're a lot of fun and everybody's a kid at heart, right? They are a lot of fun. I, I have I have. Uh, <laughs> I've seen uh, I've seen some of your shows while I was at Springfest doing other things in past years, and um, I can attest they are phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you. And um, <laughs> what's it like? You know, so basically everywhere you go, you're just adored by little children, which <laughs> is cool. I mean, I'm basically I like I have one little kid who who looks up to me, and it's the best thing in the world. So uh, yeah. I, th- I think that that must be you know. Um, like quite a trip uh it is pretty awesome (laughs) it is pretty awesome um and I think for me knowing that you know when I was a kid looking up to the to the characters and um just feeling like there are a lot of people a, a lot of adults out there that kind of think that the princess thing is just about girls in dresses and being pretty and stuff so knowing that kids look up to me as these characters um I really love to try and use that to my advantage and be a good influence and talk about there is so much more to being a princess than just a dress or a tiara, that it's about being kind, helping others, um, being yourself, loving yourself, uh, you know, and when we do superhero stuff, it's really about, you know, facing your fears and um, helping others, even if they might be different than you, accepting everybody for who they are. So really just kind of focusing on like all of those really good morals that your parents might say to you that you're like, whatever, mom, but knowing that you have that influence over kids as a character that they might listen to you a little bit more using, using those powers for good, as you might say. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, that's, <laughs> you're doing, you're doing amazing work. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, you'll be at Springfest. Rapunzel and Flynn will be there 11 to 1 on Saturday and then 12. 11.30 to 1.30. It's a little bit funky. Yeah, no, that's okay. 11.30 to 1.30 on Saturday. Yes. And then on um, Sunday, 12 to 2, Wayfinder and The Little Mermaid. Uh, Yep. I'm excited. Um, I hopefully I'll see you there on Saturday. We'll be there with our cameras um, filming for the uh, video version of this show. Awesome. Well, so. yes, please do say hello because I haven't seen your face. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. And uh, it'll make be sure na- I know who you are. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll be nice to meet you in person. So thank yes. you. Very, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ben. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. For more information on the events and businesses in Musquamacut Beach, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and at Musquamacut.org.